Hello and welcome to the Footstock Weekly Podcast, episode number 10. 10 episodes, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. There's a lot of new listeners this week and I really appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you leave a review if you haven't. There's competitions for the reviews down the line. Uh, so I'd really appreciate it if you leave one. FS Baz was a great guest. Very honest. He joined at peak, uh, peak, peak prices. Bought some ridiculously, like, you know, not overpriced, but players that have halved in value since, you know, some of the big guys. He got shafted by Heaton Gate, but he's still in profit and very, very positive with the platform. We cover this in the podcast and a lot more. Very enjoyable conversation. He's a great guy. Uh, one I'd love to have back on at some stage down the line. If you haven't checked out Footstock Stats, there's no better time. Uh, do you know the reports that Gertie is putting out on there um, from the Footstock Stats channel on Slack? Is is do you know they're priceless? Do you know for this month, the virtual championship, the virtual tournaments every other day, the virtual qualifiers. The thing is, right, you see if you aren't a big fan or you don't want to use them, just be assured everyone else is. So you're putting yourself at a massive disadvantage. I mean, everyone needs to have, have these in front of them before they pick teams. I mean, there's, there's players out there that can't even score that you mightn't even realise, you know? I mean, you need to be... You need to have the knowledge, you need to have the stats to make the most informed decision to make the most money. And I'd highly recommend jumping into that Slack channel. We've also got a website coming very soon and some really, really good data. Last thing to plug quickly is check out the Patreon. There's a lot going on there, such as early access to podcasts, you know, a Zoom call monthly, different things like that. And the first Zoom call is going to happen this month coming. So, look, go and get involved. Have a look at the tiers. See what you think. Obviously, you know, it's great to support the podcast if you listen every week. And, you know, I appreciate it massively. Um, But look, other than that, it's a very exciting month for Foodstock coming up. Uh, Very exciting six weeks. Have a great month. Look after yourselves. And I'll chat to you next week. Now I'm joined by FS Baz. Baz, thank you for joining me. How are you today? Yeah, no problem. I'm really well, thanks, mate. Uh, big fan of the podcast, so uh, really happy to be on. No, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, for people listening, I- I've dicked Baz around something shocking here with technology, with times, with dates. I was sending him the family have been down the past few days and we've been all over the place. You know, they want to go for pints, they want to go for walks, they want to go for swims, they want to do things. And trying to fit podcasts and streams in around that it doesn't really work but um I've, I've already given baz this story but such is the nature of the technology on this end i'm going to tell you is it again if as you can switch off for a minute okay. we were down in a place called loch hine uh two days ago which is the only saltwater lake in ireland it's actually lovely for a swim if any of you irish people are, are listening or any of you tourists from england or wales or scotland or wherever you are want to come but um we got out and we were sort of drying our feet at the pier and getting our t-shirts on and all. Turned around, who was beside us? It was only Thomas fucking Shelby from Peaky Blinders. Killian Murphy was sitting there, stroking his dog, talking to someone, and he laughed. And this is what I was saying. I've never seen the man laugh in about four seasons of Peaky Blinders, so it was kind of strange. Didn't know what to do. But that, that's kind of the, the strange event of my last couple of days, Baz. Um, do you want to maybe fill us in on the strange events or just events of your footstock journey to date? You've been on a couple yeah. of months at this stage. Well, first of all, I'm quite jealous that you've been out and about because uh, <laughs> over here in Sheffield, there's people doing absolutely nothing. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty much spending 24/7 in my house still. Oh god! Uh, so getting a break, doing a podcast is actually quite nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I signed up to uh, Footstock. Uh, I think on the 24th of May. Um, I've seen a few good things on Twitter. Um, things look really positive. Obviously, there've been a bit of a boom around that time. Um, I've been waiting uh, for some money from uh, another platform at the time. Um, so once that came through, I decided to delve straight into Footstock. Mm. Um, as you know, um, I had a massive FOMO, really, and went straight in without a um, massive amount of research or, um, yeah, research, really. Yeah. Yeah. Probably mistake number one, but yeah. FOMO kicked in. Um, Lost a bit of money paying at peak prices, but um, yeah, like I said, since then it's been uh, it's been all good. Learned lots of things, recovered from their mistakes, and uh, absolutely loving being on the platform. Mm. 
I think it's interesting, like, because you can still be so positive and enjoy it so much at this stage after, as you said, buying at absolute peak. Like, you were caught pretty bad with Heaton Gate, which maybe we'll talk briefly about. Um, but you're still up overall through trading actively on the platform. Yeah, um, yeah, still up. So um, I've I put uh, around about twenty thousand pounds in altogether, um, and with that firm, though, I bought a lot of uh, the main big expensive players. Obviously, at peak prices, I've been having a look, and uh, I've got multiple Brunos at three hundred and forty quid, um, Salas at fifty eight quid, Traores at seventy nine quid, Mane's at seventy two quid, mm. um, and there's plenty more where where, where those came from. Um, and a lot of those are down at least 50%. Um, but as soon as that happened, really, I turned off my collection value and tried to focus on what I could do. Um, there's multiple areas to make money on this um, on this product. And rather than getting distracted with some, some fairly hefty losses at the start, I thought about just trying to focus down on what I can do to make money on this platform. Um, yeah. Look at all the positive sides instead. Mm. Well, no, that that's that's a great lesson, I think, for a lot of people, because I'd say there's a few people in your scenario. Do you know? Yeah. A lot of them might have thrown the toys out of the pram already, but I know, for example, Big Tree, who was on the podcast, one of the earliest yep. episodes. I mean, he bought something like fifty Brunos, all north of three hundred yep. quid. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to uh, Big Tree uh, privately. I think we signed up at a very similar time. Um, uh, we probably both had the fairly similar mindset that there'd been a big, big boom and. Um, we probably had a sense of any experience where we thought the more people that sign up, the higher prices are going to go. Um, and with all the positivity at that time, it, it only seemed like prices are going to rise. But there's multiple facets and reasons which affect player prices on this platform. And it's not a simple case of uh, rockets and constant trajectory of prices. There's, there's multiple things that affect that. Um, yeah, I think lesson number one for anyone that signs up is, has got to be this kind of do your research, do your background, and consider why you're paying a certain price for a certain player. Otherwise, you will get burned. I think it's a tough one as well, though, whenever that actually happened, you know, whenever that boom happened of like 10x in the platform's users in a week or whatever it was, it was something like that ridiculous. It could have been two or three times, but it was, whatever it was, it was yep. fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, it's hard for people to judge, right, when is this going to stop? Because when you look and you've seen that Kevin De Bruyne's price in the past month has went from, I don't even know what it was, let's say it was a 10 or 15 quid, 20 quid, and now he's fucking 200 quid. You're thinking, gee, what if he's 600 quid next month? Because exactly. people maybe didn't understand the kind of mechanics of the, the website and the the platform and how, you know, player prices won't just keep rising akin to maybe other platforms like Football Index because it's a different kind of metric or, or, or sort of way that the... What the fuck am I trying to say? You can tell I had about a million cans last night. It's just a different vibe. You know, it's not the dividends that they can share split. It's, it's a different way. And, and something I find so hard, and I end up saying this every week on Footstock, in valuing players, it's that players are actually worth different amounts to different people, if you really look at it. Because yeah. if you're good at tournaments and I'm shit at them, they're actually worth more to you. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's, a really weird thing to try and like have some sort of valuation mechanism on it players. Is very I just find it so hard. It's very difficult to get an accurate price on a player. And one of the things I do love about Footstock is how a player's value is made up of so many different things: uh, value in tournaments, um, short-term trading, even something like their value on roulette. Um, especially when players are moving up and down in category, players value is massively reliant on their value for roulette uh, and how they stack up against other players um, and even from a, from a short-term thing there's always massive reactions um, to one or two games of form or a defender scoring a goal or an injury or a transfer there's, there's massive massive like discrepancies of players going up and down in the space of 24 hours um, and if you can work out those patterns and those reasons why there's such volatile movements it can be extremely profitable mm. what well, i'd love to have the balls to do and i think i'd enjoy it but i think it's just hard to justify it whenever you've got like nearly a, i've got nearly a grand of tournament credit left i'd love to just sell up and have a balance of whatever 10 11k and trade and like when I yep. see an opportunity, trade, 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 try yep. and buy the players. And maybe you wouldn't even need that much of a cash balance because obviously there's so many, only so many of a player you can buy before their price 
rises to the point that maybe you wouldn't buy more. And I, I don't know if you could go in with 10 grand and actively trade 10 grand unless you're doing it full time because you'd have to be looking at multiple players at that stage. But yeah. even just in play, I find so profitable. Like, and it's quick wins and they're so fast. And like, let's say yeah. Aubameyang scores a goal and you're watching it. Anyone could be sc- score a goal and you're watching it. If you just go and buy five now, done, and then list them, you'll sell them for a higher price. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. yeah and no, that'll only last for so long, but... I'd love to just have the conviction to like not focus my collection on tournaments and focus it yeah. more on actually making money. I think the good thing is that you can do as much or as little as you want. You can have the tournaments, you can have the trading, you can have the roulette. Mm. Trading wise, I think uh, I think it was you, John, that said about Kieran Tierney last week. Tierney scored a goal and went up from like four quid to seven quid, um, yeah. which is seventy five percent increase in value. It's it's absolutely enormous. Um, I think the one I found as well on the last day was the Crystal Palace fullback. Uh, is it Van Arnholt, uh, the fullback who scored? Um, might not be Van Arnholt, in, in fact. So whoever it was, the, the fullback who had, I think, only played two. Schlapp? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. He'd only scored, uh, he'd only played the last two games and he scored a goal. And if you're quick to react, you would know that suddenly he's got a, a goal ratio of 0.33, which is, for a defender is unbelievable for the virtuals. Mm. He's a player, I think I got about 40 of about one minute after he scored. And that's another one where he's gone up about £1.50 again, purely on the basis of one goal. But there's loads of like examples of these. And if you're kind of on the ball and thinking and reacting quite quickly, these little trades really add up over time. Mm-hmm. Like if you're watching, especially like on that sort of month, mad month of football we've just had, um, if you're watching football every day and you're trading kind of while watching football matches or even if you're not able to watch them through sort of goal alert things on different websites, do you know, you could be making, and even, it depends on your collection value and stuff, but let's say you have a very small collection. Let's say you're turning over, let's say your collection's worth 500 quid and through trading on each day of football matches, you're turning over five ten pounds You know, you're getting 1-2% back a day. And yep. that, comp- that compounds to the point that eventually you'll be able to maybe work your way up from the defenders who score, etc., to trade in Marshalls, to trade in Salas, to trade in the bigger players. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, there'll be plenty of traders who are far better than uh, than what I am at the minute. I'm, I'm only been on two two months, and I I feel fairly confident. I found some pretty good patterns and and trading methods, and I'm pretty sure there's quite a few people out there flipping for enormous profits at the minute. And I think uh, as the user base grows even more, there's going to be even more demand for those cards that you're selling. Um, so I think as a trading platform, this can only grow and grow. The thing that actually like, scares me is wrong, but it, it really um, surprises me every time. It still surprises me is the liquidity on Footstock. Do you know, it seems to be if I stick in sell orders, they, they just go so quickly, do you know? Yeah. and Or like, yeah, that that's literally it. Anytime I'm trying to sell players, I'll obviously try and best the last offer depending on the card, and just they always seem to go within minutes or hours. It's not a case of waiting for days normally. No, um, not so. There's there's multiple times where you can stick up ten, twenty cards, and you log back on an hour later, and they're already gone. I mean, it certainly helps on a game day or on a, on a virtual day, um, but even on days where there's no football, there's a constant demand for for cards from different people and. It's, it makes me wonder why people do take that instant sell price because you don't need any patience whatsoever just to stick a few prices up and those players will get taken. Um, and we've seen when people leave, leave the platform for whatever reason, they're taking that instant sell price, which might be a pound, two pound, three pound lower than what they need to. People are costing, costing themselves money when they really don't need to. Mm. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. We'll move on just to something I wanted to talk to you about because it was in the kind of billing for me asking for questions about you. It's You were caught with Heatengate pretty bad. Um, yep. What happened there? I mean, we all know what happened with Heatengate, but I mean, your situation and how did it go and how was it resolved and how did you feel about the platform at the time? Yeah, so I suppose at the time it was, it was quite frustrating because uh, myself and other people I've spoken to had planned ahead and kind of reacted to um, some of the some of the written correspondence that have been put out there by Footstock about when the changes would t- take place. And um, and so it had been fairly simple to work out what categories people would be at the end of the season and when players were going to be made inactive. Um, so I, I've certainly stocked up on a number of players um, that kind of got caught up in heat gate indirectly. So the fact that Heaton was all of a sudden not going to be ending on four-star, but going to be ending the season on three-star, 
wasn't that much of a massive impact. I mean, I've been paying around about £1.50, £1.60 for Tom Peters, and I'd got about three or 400 of those. Um, and the fact that the the new date was going to mean that he would drop to three star wasn't a massive impact because I was still going to sell him at five, six quid or four quid mm. in the end or three quid because Villa never got relegated. My plan was always to buy up these players and sell them for a profit. Um, I think some people seemed a bit disgruntled that people were buying players purely for inactives, which kind of went against the essence and um, almost a bit immoral because it's going to have a negative impact on the market. My my strategy has always been to buy these players and sell them on because it's all about supply and demand. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the problem with the whole heating gate wasn't necessarily about Tom Heaton, but the new dates affected a hell of a lot of other players, be them one, two or three star cards. So I've been stocking up on quite a few uh, Bournemouth players, for example, um, Dan Gosling, etc., who, based on the, the dates that have been announced, weren't going to become a two-star inactive. Um, so I paid about £1.20, £1.30, say, uh, for 100 Dan Goslings or Jack Stacey's on the basis that they would end up as a two-star card. And that, I think at the time, the current two-star average was inclusive of Sterling and Pogba. So I think the average was about £3. Based on that, I was fairly confident of getting a, a buyer uh, for these Goslings, etc., to around about £2. Now, the problem was that new date... Um, for uh, the inactives and the swaps. I think it's uh, the 3rd of August when players now go inactive rather than before. It, it means that these players uh, will now become inactive as a one-star rather than a two-star. So those players have effectively more than hard in price. I think Gosling is probably about a 50p player now, whereas I was paying £1.20 under the impression I would be fairly confident of selling that around about £1.92. And it's various players that kind of got caught up in that. Uh, it's not actually been necessarily about Tom Heaton itself, but the players in the lower categories that have got caught up in this. Um, and obviously with the, the new date, the likes of Pogba and Sterling, who are the higher price two stars, are now going to become three stars before those inactive uh, come to play. So the two-star category is going to drop to about two quid now. Um, which makes a two-star card worth about one pound when you factor in the 99p swap. Um, so it was frustrating. Um, it's cost me a bit of money in some areas, um, but footstock is—it's a new product. These mistakes are going to happen. Uh, yeah. Fair play to the the guys at footstock for engaging in the conversations with me and other people. Um, it's quite around, quite refreshing that they will talk to you on a one-to-one basis, and. I could be wrong. I think if they were to do to address this again, I don't think they would go about it the same way. Um, maybe the fact that Heaton Gate was cropping up, I think they may have missed the boat in terms of what the impact was going to be on other cards, not only Tom Heaton. So I think their intentions were absolutely right, but there may not been the foresight as to the impacts on other cards and other player values at the time. But it's one of those things. It's, it's a new product. Mistakes are going to happen. It's about how uh, these guys learn and react to things. And to be fair, since um, Heating Gate happened, um, everything from the guys at Footstock has been great. The announcements have been great. It's been nothing but positivity. Um, so it's one of those things. It wasn't great, but we move on. Mm. I think the thing with it is, like the reason I actually initially reached out to you, I think one of the reasons um, I'd obviously seen you've been very active and seen you about was, I think it was the week of Heat and Gate I put out a podcast and I'd been away that week. Where was I that week? I think I was away up home actually and I really didn't follow it at all. Um, I, I read the emails and stuff and I sort of flicked through Twitter or whatever, flicked through Slack to see the uproar, but I didn't know the intricacies of it. And no. do you know what people can mistake that for is, look, something I'm very, very clear and very clear to the listener on is, well, obviously I'm affiliated with Footstock and close to the guys there. This podcast is almost like my little escape. If I feel they're doing something wrong, I'll fucking call the cons out. Yep. <laughs> and I yep. will. And they yep. know I will. And I've discussed that with them. I've said, look, if you're doing something bad, I'm gonna say it. Do you know, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not a yes man here. Yep. I think that's very important for the integrity of the podcast. Because I obviously want Footstock to grow and I want this podcast to grow in line with that. Yeah. But in the wake of that, I think whenever I post the podcast, I don't know if it was a troll. I actually can't remember who it was. It could have been someone who legitimately was just unpleased that I hadn't called out harshly enough Footstock. Um, 
and I was sort of saying to him, or I said to someone else in a private message, I was sort of saying, right, look, well, tell me, who's who has thoughts on this? Who has been shafted? Who will come on and rant? Because I'm not trying to silence that side of the community, you know. I think that's when I initially reached out to you, but it's good that, you know, and it shows the customer service, and it shows the level of, that's not compassion, what's the word? I don't know, just the level of bonding, Probably or maybe understanding, understanding, understanding and yeah. respect Foodstock have for their customers, that, yep. you know, you, you're in this mindset now, and after something that could have probably, I'm, I'm saying could have cost you a lot of money, did cost you a lot of money. Yep. Um, they've probably, I assume they've righted that in some way, and now you're still positive with the platform going forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, with every cloud, there's the new day is always also creating new trading possibilities, and uh, people might have different opinions on different tactics on the platform. But the new day also meant that I stocked up on. Uh, around about 120 Tim Cruels at around about £1.40. Um, and I should be able to sell in now from around about £4.55, £5. So it's twins and roundabouts. So obviously I was moaning there about the, the date impacts on, on my other cards, but from a positive sense, it's created new opportunities. But like you said, John, like a, a big thing about your podcast is the pure honesty um, that comes with it. And, when when problems happen, when, when issues are raised, you're not scared to kind of address them, which I think is is the best thing for a platform. There's no point ever sweeping things under the carpet because platforms need to know when things have gone wrong. Otherwise, mm. they're not going to be able to improve. Um, no one's going to expect a new product to be perfect, and there's going to be bumps in the road. But if things are swept under the carpet, then the owners of these products aren't going to be aware of the problems, and they're not going to improve, and then things are going to happen again further down the line. It, it takes something to happen for things to then improve further down the line. And we want the best possible products out there for new users, for current users. Um, and every time something like this happens, a lesson's going to be learned. And that has to be a positive for the long-term progression of the platform. 100%. 100%. I've always said it. It's that sort of, you don't want just people blindly following a platform and praising it. No. They need constructive criticism, and that's something I'm very harsh on on the Football Index podcast. Yep. I mean, thankfully, I think even over there, there's no tightrope for me to walk. Do you know, I'm not even an affiliate for Football Index. Yep. Do you know, that I have no ties with them at all, other than badgering them to try and come on my podcast. Yeah. And I sort of spoke to them this week. Do you know, sometimes you get from the wee trolls of the Football Index community, people who are just... There's people in the Football Index world, I'm not going to go into the politics and drama at all, who have certain allegiances and just have zero time for me or my podcast, which is fine. Yep. But the first thing they always sort of say is, why would Adam Cole go on a Footstock-sponsored podcast? That's strange. Or like, what a strange affiliation that would be. And it's like, look, I've talked to the guys at Foot Football Index. They have zero problem with that. Do you know, they're yep. happy that one of their biggest content creators is getting sponsored and supported and motivated enough to keep doing what he's doing. Yeah. If Football Index had ever wanted to come and sponsor me, they could do that. But what I'm saying is, what, what I'm trying to get around here is, on Football Index, I have no affiliation, so I can completely just go to fucking town because there's yep. no what would stop me. And I want it to be the same here, as close as I might be at times to some of the people in the company at Footstock, which is only natural when you've backed them from an early stage yep. and yep. You, you create content for them. But as you say, and we'll maybe just to seal that off because I feel I'm going around in circles now, it is it is very important to, to sort of be critical. And if anyone's ever listening and thinking I'm not being critical enough, by all means, reach out and come on the podcast and be critical for me. If you have any strong opinions, I'm all ears on that stuff. Yeah, um, I agree. And speaking of listeners of the show, just a shout out to Josh Havel, Ben M, Lee Brabby, Laney Knights, Ryan Lethal, Richard Shard, Mr. White, Mortz, Lee Tennant, and FI Understudy. They're all my uh, my 10. We've hit 10. We're double digit on the Patreon front. Um, there's a bunch of tears there. I'm not going to plug it too much to you now, but go and check them out. I just know off the top of my head, I don't know if this podcast will be out before it. Tonight I'm streaming. I think there's only like three people in the in the pot for the hundred quid pack. So, um, yeah, go and check out the tiers there. Right. So, Baz, what are we going to next? I suppose maybe just to touch briefly on the announcements. There were three announcements in one day, and there was a lot in them. Um, for you, what was maybe the most promising parts? And I think that actually might tie in with a question we got. Let me just see. Was it World Cup Dan B? He said. Out of all the things recently announced, what was your, what are you most excited about? Yeah, I think uh, that one day and multiple announcements really uh, hit everyone a bit like a train. Uh, they probably could have spaced it out over a week and got even more positivity from people, but it was a, it was a great day. I think everything that's been announced in the recent weeks from Footstock has been really, really positive. Um, 
for me, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing the new app. Uh, the app looks 100% better than what it is at the minute. And I think a new fancy, clear app, um, a clap that works a bit more efficiently. Uh, uh, it's not quite as clunky. It's going to be great for the current user base, but it's also going to help keep new users when they when they come on board. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. Uh, the 100K, obviously, which was already announced, is really exciting. Um, remind me, John, what else came up that week? I think there's been so much... Uh, uh, with the announcements, so there was marketing. The marketing there was a lot on that front. There yeah, Talksport the... was one, wasn't it? Talksport was uh, marketing. Um, I'm an avid listener of uh, Talksport on the commute to work uh, every day. Um, so I think Talksport opens up an enormous amount of doors. Um, I don't think you've got Talksport in Ireland, have you, John? Uh, but, but over here, I think it's probably. Uh, uh, anyone really that loves sport listens to talk sport every day and I think the kind of exposure that's going to give Footstock will be incredible the number of new users from from that one stream has got to be uh, well, enormous really um, that, that's a real real positive for, for the products um, I think SofaScore um, that's expanding as well isn't it the uh, is it Sofa score? Who scored? I always get them both. It's who, it's who scored. There's going to be like player prices. Like there'll be a banner, I think, underneath the player stats. I think that's going to make a massive difference. So, so uh, when you're on the website, you can connect with an actual player, see their price, see their stats. It makes things look a, a, so much more clearer. And I think uh, the onboarding that comes from from that as well is going to be enormous. I think the, there's so much there. I mean, even just there was the net market spend rewards, which is sort of done now, but I don't know when we'll be getting paid out on that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Footstock Virtual Championship will be exciting again, based off just a shout out for the World Championship last week. I think it was Slugs who ended up winning it. 53k in the prize pool, 9k or something top prize. I was saying to you before we recorded, I, I reckoned we might have got 2025. 53, it was insane. Yeah. Um I think a lot of people finally put their tournament credit to good use there. But it was a great day. I really enjoyed streaming. A lot of people were very engaged. And when the price prices are that high, I mean what a what a time to be alive. And the the virtual championships only gonna be fifty quid enter, so I think that'd be more accessible to more people. Yeah, so I say, think I think last week was fantastic. Um I think the positivity surrounding that one day is a massive boost for the future of footstock as well because People have seen what can happen now. People's whole days on the last day of the season were, were engaged around around this one footstock tournament. Um, I remember seeing at half time, John, that you were about sixth or seventh, and I thought, flipping heck, if John if John wins this thing while he's on um, on live stream, this 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 thing's going to absolutely blow up. Um, <laughs> the market that would have came from that, yeah. Flipping heck, yeah. I remember as well. Um, um, I was doing okay myself, and uh, I thought I ended it around about 70th place. I thought, yeah, I made about £100 profit, 70th place, or whatever it was. Um, I forgot, though, that it takes 10 or 15 minutes for the uh, the win bonuses to get added. So I logged back on around about 10 minutes later, and I dropped to about 85th. Um, mm. And I'd won absolutely nobody whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so I got into a bit of a false sense of security there. But the excitement, the engagement for, for 90 minutes on that last day of the season was, was incredible. And, I think I put on the slack that this needs to happen uh, at least once a season. I thought Boxing Day might be quite a good idea to to get one in for a second second time of the year. Boxing Day is normally a full day of football, and people love the football on Boxing Day. So I thought another hundred pound tournament, maybe on Boxing Day, would be would be a great thing. I think that's a great idea. Looking forward to the virtual one as well. Um, I'm a massive fan of the virtuals. Um, it's a great extra component, um, and I think the the prize pot for the uh, the virtual um, final tournaments probably going to be higher than a lot of people realise as well. I think uh, that will be really, really exciting when that comes around. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's, I don't know if you're doing the virtuals today, but I just checked it out, and I think in the, the Aston Villa, Burnt, no, it was Liverpool Chelsea game. Mo Salah got a hat trick, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he's my only player in the pro actually so far. Um, so I'm off to a good start with that one. What you're was the score in the Burnley game? Nil nil. Uh, which is which is bad because I had Chris Wood, but I have Nick Pope. I think in my main competitive, um, both my sort of pro entries both have Nick Pope, but both yeah. also have Chris Wood. So I've gone quite heavy on Burnley. I, I'd uh, gone for Wood, um, McNeil, and Pope. Uh, so no, not not a great one for me, but it's still a couple more games to go. 
yeah, still a chance. So the other things in the announcements, we'll not go through them all again because that's what I did last week, really thought. But things that jump out, you know, there's there's virtual battle things, the shirts, the European football. I think it's lovely that they put out the product changes kind of roadmap and actual dates. I think that's lovely. Um, you know, so what's coming up next will be swaps for tournament credit and new player packs. They're coming on the fifth, and then between the fifth and twenty third, it's European Summer promo. I think they're adding like three and a half k or something to a tournament or tournaments. Yeah. But there's a, there's a lot there. One of the big things that I think is going to be huge, like really big, and it'll take a while for us all to get used to it. Where is it? Is it here? It's the what do you call it? What's the thing? Deal of the day. That's the one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's so they intend to launch it on the fifteenth in the current game section. So, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is a good way to get cards off the market? Do you like the the sort of idea of it? I do like the idea, yeah. It'll be interesting kind of what their criteria is for picking that particular card every day. Um, especially when they're going to pay, I think, between 100% and 200% of a card's value. Um, now, obviously, Footstock must have worked out that this is an affordable option for them. But it certainly seems a real positive for, for the customers and the users that they're not only going to get cards off the market, but that you're also going to actually make some profit off the cards that you're losing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think certainly since I've been on Footstock, the number of cards out there has been seen as one of the biggest negatives. And uh, before I arrived, there used to be a raffle, and I think the raffle used to take cards off the market. Um, I never experienced that, but Rulex now got the rake. Uh, there's going to be a deal of the day. Um, it's going to be various different ways of getting these cards off the market. And it's good, certainly, for people with the higher collection values. Um, that Footstock are looking to maintain collection values for these long-term customers. Um, deal of the day and the rate on roulette, et cetera, has got to be positive for these people. And for, for everyone, really. Everybody wants to maintain as much value in their cars as possible. Prices will go up and down, but you don't want to see massive dips. Um, and by taking cars off the market, you're certainly protecting um, a good area of people's collections. Yeah, I think this deal of the day is brilliant and I think it's one of many steps they've taken or will be taken in the future to to get cards off the market because the more people, the more cards taken off the market, the higher prices go, the more people will buy packs and that's where Foodstock make money. Um, True. And that's where affiliates make money. So if you haven't signed up to Foodstock, I doubt you'll be listening by now, but use the link in the description. The The next thing, I suppose, I mean, there was a lot on the market in front. I don't have that announcement in front of me, unfortunately, but we'll try and spitball this. There was definitely an ambassador they seem pretty excited about. Um, a mystery ambassador that they aren't revealing just yet. Any ideas? Uh, I've had a long think about this and uh, I'm struggling. Uh, Ian Wright. Uh, was he a possibility? Ian Wright. Yeah. Uh, I thought Robbie Savage and I thought, oh, I really hope it's not Robbie Savage. <laughs> I, think I, th- I think I might have said the exact same thing. Really? Um, uh, I think I had like a rant about it. Oh, please don't be Robbie Savage. And I was thinking, geez, imagine it was how awkward it would be now. Yeah, Robbie exactly. Savage. I said it about. I think it was Razor Ruddock. Is he a possibility? Razor Ruddock. Hundred um, percent possible. I was sort of spitballing the kind of Bullock, Jimmy Bullock, and um, I don't know, Akin Fenwa, or like, are they going to go big, big time? They couldn't afford Peter Crouch, I'd say, or would no, he no. associate himself with gambling? He doesn't need it. It's got um, to be someone with a real recognizable voice. Someone where you kind of say that, that is x person straight away and you can pinpoint them it's got to be someone where yeah. the public are going to know them um gary lineker i've seen i've seen some uh f- what's a conspiracy theories going around because i think footstock follow him or something on twitter right. but i mean like gary lineker's too big has isn't he uh, i hope they're definitely not hyped this up too much and where uh, it's going to end up being someone yeah small town <laughs> like I, I fucking joe cole be, or something <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be probably someone in the more medium kind of category in the end that most people have heard of, but it's not going to be your your, your A plus kind of name. It's going to be someone more in, in the middle. But I think anyone with a strong football background that people recognise has to be a, pos- a positive uh, for the product. I wonder, are there any big um, football players, ex-football players, who really go balls to the wall for FPL and care for it heavily? Do you know, is there anyone out there that I just miss on Twitter? You say that, um, Sean, actually. I was looking at the tournament entries today and uh, there was a guy called Mark Crossley who was in around about seventh earlier on. Do you remember Mark Crossley, the, the goalkeeper for Nottingham Forest? Uh, <laughs> no. 
Uh, I was just, just thinking, like, I wonder if there are actually any other footballers or ex-sports stars who are on uh, Footstock. Um, that kind of goes off a bit of a tangent there, but um, yeah, I certainly don't think it'd be Mark Crossley who's the the, the, the voice. Um, yeah, uh, probably not. To see who it is. I'm actually looking up now because I just went to have all of a sconce there. Um, and do you know what? Do you know who's like a few above him on the rankings? He's sitting in 27th now. High wide and punching the motherfucker. Wow. High wide and punching one of the names is is 21st because I am definitely punching above my weight. And then there's high wide and hapus, only a few below. So I, I recommend anyone listening, go and change your name to. Well, I, I don't even have a high wide and handsome podcast anymore, but go and change it to something to have, poke fun at me because then whenever I'm on stream. This time next year, it's going to be a, about 500 entries uh, with a high, wide, and handsome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. More about 500 like, girts. I wonder how many more girts there are out there. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They love their girtules, don't they? Ew, uh, who was it to come up with that one? But yeah. <laughs> um, look, we'll move on. Baz, um, I think we are about time maybe for some questions. There's probably something I'm forgetting to do or talk about, but we'll, I'm sure we'll come around to it. Uh, Dan Jackknife, as always, popping in with three questions. Thank you, Dan. Uh, buying at peak could happen to anyone. Has Footstock proved to you that there are more ways to win? I think we've covered that, but I don't know how to elaborate. Um, no, I think we've covered it, but um, I think, like Dan said, it, it absolutely proves the viability of the products and the various different methods there are to, to make money from this. Um, I think I explained earlier the, the amount of money I must be down on various plays, but the fact is, I think I'm 10 or 15% up on my overall deposits today. Um, show, shows what is out there for different trading methods or from the tournaments. Um, I think there's definitely money to be made if you know what you're doing from the tournaments. Um, in my first week, I made 400 quid. In my second week, I won, um, won a, a pro. Uh, sadly, I think five other people were also on the same score, so it was split five ways uh, for mm. 600 quid. Probably got into a bit of a false sense of security, thinking it was going to be easy wins every week, but there's definitely uh, ways to make money from tournaments. Um, but it's all about experience. I think the, certainly the longer you're on this uh, platform, the more little tweaks and things you find, and you will make money. Um, roulette as well. Um, I think people have def- definitely got different opinions on roulette. I was one of those that signed up straight away and start looking at the stats to see if there was any EV and any value to be made from roulette. I think I said to you uh, privately, John, that I made a, uh, a spreadsheet up to work out the player values. Completely forgot to work out the impact of the ties. <laughs> For about three weeks, I was entering players um, into roulette, completely the wrong value and the wrong understanding. Uh, thankfully, I think I might have got fairly lucky on overall results, but it shows you've got to be <laughs> research first, otherwise you will get stung. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, the the next question from Dan is Heaton Gate. There's more gates of hell. When what's the next one? Good luck predicting the next Heaton Gate. I think if you could do that, Footstock would pay you a lot of money. I think they probably would. Um, yeah, there's, there's certainly nothing I can predict at the at the minute. But I suppose there's maybe two areas of concern or two things that you might want to have a look at. Number one is the number of um, inactive players this week. I'm really interested to see how the number of swaps will impact the market. Um, and obviously, Footstock have looked to uh, introduce tournament credit for swaps. Um, I can only assume the tournament credit that they're going to give is, it's got to be it's got to be valuable. It's got to put people off wanting to, to swap for those players. There's no point if a card is a, an average of £5 to offer £5 tournament credit because people are going to want to get those high-value cards. So it's got to be an incentive for people to do that. Um, so I'm really interested to see what happens on Wednesday in terms of could there be a little bit of a, a market dip with so many new cards and swaps produced. Um, so that's definitely something to to look for. The, the other one, um, now I don't know if it's an area of concern, it's quite exciting, but the fact that more players and more leagues will come on board, so the European leagues, um, lower leagues, um, as a lower league football fan and a European football fan, it's quite exciting. I look forward to that. I suppose any current users, is it in the back of your head that there's going to be a slight dip on current Premier League cards because people want to sell and put them into the European players? Um, now, at Footstock, have probably got to carefully consider that. In, in my opinion, I think that perhaps ought to be a bit further down the line for the product. So I think we ought to be 
concentrating purely on the current product and making it as good and as viable as we possibly can. Um, now, I'm sure Footstock have had a good think about how to do this, but yeah, I certainly hope that down the line, that when these new cards and new leagues are brought in, it's not going to lead to a massive dip in current Premier League players because that would be rather counterproductive and obviously people would be a bit upset to see a massive dip in their current value. Um, but we'll wait and see how Footstock uh, address that. They, they must be aware of the possible risk with that and no doubt they are in line to bring something in, in there to negate the impact that could happen with that. Mm. It's a tough one because inevitably people, it's like on Football Index IPOs, whenever the the opportunity to make quick buck or the opportunity to get new players, new shiny things, people will sell up the best things on the platform. People will sell yep. up their Brunos. People will sell up whoever just to get these new packs. Yep. And I think it's, I would really love sort of the, the opportunity to get your Mbaps and Sancho's and Neymar's and whoever else, um, Ronaldo's and whatever, and Messi, geez, there's so many good players. But anyway, even if they're just there for the Champions League and then going into the Euros next year, that's great. But imagine, you know, I can see Footstock in five years having all the leagues, having, you know, but you need the amount of people in the market, the amount of money in the market that it can be evenly distributed around the leagues and stuff without really hitting the Premier League collections. Yeah. Whether they don't have as big or as many free rolls for those other things, whether they don't have as much of an opportunity for those other cards to win money, therefore it makes no sense. I, I, how they bring things in, I, I don't know how you do it without initially disrupting the market massively. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. and I, But I would love them to be there, so I would be up for that, even if it means I take a bit of a hit, but I know some other people wouldn't. It's, it's a weird one. Yeah, it's all that. about that balance. I just hope we get that balance because those new players have to be exciting. People want to get a, a Messi, get a Mbappe, get a Neymar. That's got to be seen as a positive with the platform moving forward. But like I said, I just hope it doesn't come at the expense of a, of a big dip in the, the Premier League players. But I'm, I'm sure Footstop must have got something planned to get around that. Do it with a big promotion or do it with a big something. Yeah. Announce yeah. their million pound giveaway and then throw them in or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be something up their sleeves, no doubt. Mm. The last question from Dan, how are you finding the tournaments and virtual battles? Uh, yeah, I think like I said before, the uh, the first two weeks of the virtual tournaments um, certainly maybe got me into a false sense of security uh, with 400 quid in the first week and uh, winning my first pro in the second week. More recently, it's not been, not been as good. Um, but with all the data out there now as well, uh, the data providers are fantastic. Can't recommend them enough. Um, I think in the long run, there's definitely money to be made from these tournaments. If, if you know what you're doing, if you're on the right cards, if you've got a decent collection overall and can have the flexibility of putting different different players in, um, you will make money from tournaments. Um, and it's exciting. Every time there's day of football, it's something else to look forward to. Um, and even obviously when there's no real football, there's virtuals. And, um, people have got different perceptions of the virtuals. I, I absolutely love them. Uh, I think they're a, a really, really great way of integrating the customers and enjoying the products even when there's no real football around um so i, th I think they're fantastic virtual battles um i played a few last week um I think i was about 30 pounds up on them last week so uh, i'm not not an enormous fan but it's a it's a good way of passing the time during the working day uh, yeah. that's one of the great things about footstop it's it's extremely engaging for the customer and it is quite addictive there's always something to do you can never ever turn off completely from footstock. Every five minutes, you might be working away in the office and you grab your phone and have a look at the market or you have a look at roulette, have a look at the virtual battles or have a look at your lineups for tonight's tournament. Yeah. There is something there for everyone. It's, it's, it's very addictive and very customer friendly. Yeah, 100% completely agree with that. There's a lot of, like, there's just so many facets and I think there's going to be more added and, you know, checking in every day to check the deal of the day now and doing this and doing that and new packs will be coming and the market will be changing. I'm very, very excited for that. Um, yeah, I'd, just I'd, when... I'd, I'd got to say, I'd love to see um, on the roulette, I think, uh, if we could have a, a match match day roulette. So you, you pick two players who are uh, playing on that day and you get drawn against someone else who's been drawn that day and, the highest PPG wins that particular card. I think that'll be quite cool. Uh, just for another asset of the match day. Um, but like you said, there's going to be more and more things added. The, even the ones that are there now are great, but there's going to be more and more ways of enjoying footstock and getting that excitement out of a, a game of football. 
imagine that where like on the morning of the day you submit up to two cards up to five cards however many you want into that match day that single match day's roulette game and then at the end of the day they simulate it all and you could win like like it might be worth sticking in a Kevin De Bruyne because you know he's gonna ha he's gonna shoot eighty PPG like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, I think it'd be great know. it'd be great you, someone might put in a Moses Sissoko and win a Jamie Vardy because um, or win a Harry Kane um, but I, I think it'd be great I think there would be quite a, a decent demand for that uh, people would look at the fixtures look at who might get a particularly good score that day or look at who they think other players might put in and yeah I think roulette. In, in that kind of format been quite cool Vespasian has asked what kind of volume are you hitting daily weekly in trading ballpark he said, I don't know if that's something you keep track of but as in the number of trades or, or profit uh, trades or profit or just the amount of like volume you're trading like how much cash is moving around uh, um, are you trading very actively I might have billed you wrong yeah um, I, I'm a fairly active trader it definitely varies on a particular day so if there's a uh, uh, over time, as a footstock user, you will know you'll notice patterns where prices go up and down. Um, you've only got to look at the new uh, price graphs to see when players are worth more and when they're worth less. Um, if you can pick four or five players per day and flip 10, 20, 30 cards per player, you've got a very nice daily income straight away. Um, that increases more uh, on game days, on, on virtual days. Um, and I think, like you said uh, before, John, in play trading, that that's incredibly flexible and incredibly volatile. And I, think, I know last week you you uh, you mentioned Kieran Tierney scored a goal and went up from about four pounds to seven pounds. Um, um, so yeah, volume wise, my trading varies from day to day, and it's quite quite I suppose reactionary at times. So it's it's hard to predict what's going to be tomorrow and what's going to be the day after. It's all about reacting to particular circumstances. Um, and I suppose even more over this summer, when players start getting transferred, um, player values will be um, varying on a player moving to another team. Like, for example, if if the Leicester left back moves to to Chelsea, what's his price worth there? Um, or if someone moves abroad, or move, moves from abroad, that there's going to be these little uh, flips available for everyone. It's about who reacts first and who kind of plans ahead. Absolutely. Mark White has asked, who do you think will be Footstock's most valuable player in 12 months' time? Um, in terms of the highest price, it's probably hard to look past Kevin De Bruyne. Um, consistent assist maker, a consistent scorer, got a great baseline, playing for one of the best teams in the league. People are going to have to have him in, in the 100k free-roll teams. People are going to put him in most weeks in the real tournaments, so probably Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I'm assuming that's what Mark meant or, or did he mean which kind of players are going to rise the most in 12 months no I'd say who'd be the most valuable like who, who will actually be the next Bruno or will it still be Bruno what do you think happens you know like if Jadon Sancho signs for United do you think just based off football index biases and and just sort of the hype that the, the little echo bubble that echo chamber that I think everyone not everyone but most of Footstock are in do you think everyone just buys Jadon Sancho based off the hype and based off all that, when realistically on Football Index, a large amount of his value is down to the media wins that won't happen on Footstock. Yeah, Do you think, of course. Based on his age, based on the potential there, to be fair, his potential is absolutely just to the moon. Like, could he warrant sort of the most MVP like in terms of price, or do you think it would be driven off bias? I think it'll be massively driven off bias. Um, I'm a massive fan of the player. Um, I suppose we've got to factor in how rare those cards are. That'll be a fairly important aspect. So if we did come to the Premier League, it'd be interesting to see what category he started at, and that's going to impact on how rare he is. If he wasn't as rare as other players, then I personally don't think he's got that much value on footstock. Um, on a footstock compared to other platforms, it's so different. He's not going to get those media wins he get on Football Index, like you said. Um, and obviously at Man United, goals and assists are going to be spread around quite a few players so uh, he's got to take a goal off Martial or off Bruno or off Pogba um, the kind of player that Sancho is on a, on a regular Saturday he's not the kind of player that I would be particularly leaning towards um, to put into a tournament especially when there's people like Kane and Aubameyang and uh, De Bruyne um, he'd probably fairly low down my, my list in terms of demand 
but I absolutely think, certainly for the first few weeks and first few months, that sentiment uh, will go out the, out the window and people will want that new car, that new thing on the block. Um, and I think his price for a while will reflect that, but I think it will come down over time. Yeah, I think with Sancho, it all depends if he hits the ground running, because I know I remember it was months ago at this stage I'd seen the stat and God knows how it transpired, but there was a stage there where like, Sancho was only second to like Messi in terms of goal involvements in Europe, or there was something ridiculous. So to show that potential at that age, and if he comes to United, I think contest one he might he might pick up some points there. He is a dribbler. He is known for making people and making dicks of people. Um, yep. He gets a lot of goals. He gets a lot of assists. But as you say, in the United team, that's full of talent and full of people on on form at the minute. You know, scoring yep. goals. How many would he get if he went there? And that's if he goes there, he could go anywhere. He might he's need going. to move. But, he's a fantastic uh, player. He's and I know he's nineteen, so uh, nineteen twenty, and he's only going to improve. But I think there's going to be that United bias. There's going to be that bias about being the new kid on the block. Um, the bias in terms of how young he is and how he can improve. But I think uh, sometimes people forget that um, how old they are is almost a bit of a irrelevance um, because yeah, they can improve, but. Um, I feel like with a lot of footstock cards, prices are factoring how old players are, but it's almost irrelevant because you've got the swap system. Um, so someone might retire, but you'll get a new card. So there's no point having a, a lower value on that player because you will swap for a similar value. Whereas on the flip side, someone like Dantrio might only be 19 um, and you're getting for life. But when comparing it to someone who's going to go inactive in, say, two or three years, you're still going to get your money back. Yep. Um, I'm just looking there. The next point is Zaron Palace. He says, talk about a crap introduction with me uh, introducing you. just bought an absolute pig, caught with heat and gate, still up overall through trade. And it's like, God, you know, like this, like you had a horrible introduction to the platform. But um, look, I'd say through the conversation we've had today, it shows, you know, you're very optimistic and enjoying the platform a lot, which is great. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It wasn't the best intro, that was it, John. But I think once you delve into it a bit more, you can see things are, are really, really positive. Um, I think there's quite a few of us um, like joined in, in that late May kind of time at peak prices. Um, but yeah, the, I think the fact that people have maybe been hit by collection values, but still absolutely love the platform and love the way it's going, um, actually shows how good it is the fact that people have lost money in certain areas but still see how positive things are moving forward yeah it's definitely a massive positive for the platform 100 percent. well look baz i think we'll wrap it up there we got through some questions we talked through the sort of the announcement we talked through different events of the week so do you want to tell people where they can find you if you want to be found uh yeah uh on slack or at fs baz uh on twitter at at bazapeps that's b-a-z-a-p-e-p-s um DMs are always open. Happy to have a chat. Look forward to speaking to people about Footstock. Good stuff, Baz. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, and I'm sure we'll talk again down the line. But, um, yeah, good luck today in the virtuals, and, and good luck over the month going into the, the virtual championship. Yeah, you too, mate. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers.